Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Can you believe that it is Christmas time, that it is the time of Advent? It is December 3rd. Christmas is three weeks away. Who's actually bought a present yet? Some. Not all. You got three weeks. Um, I I know for me, I haven't bought any presents yet, but I will, I promise. My wife is watching at home. I'll promise I will buy presents. Uh, But if we haven't met yet, my name is Ben, and I'm one of the pastors here at Elevation Church. And if you are uh, new or a guest with us, I just want to extend a warm welcome. Come on, church, let's give them a hills welcome. I'm so excited that you've joined us today because you've joined us for the first week of our new Christmas series. Come on, we just finished a series called The Powerhouse, which was about the Holy Spirit. It was about the power of God. It was about the book of Acts. Hands up, who enjoyed the Powerhouse series? Come on, we've heard countless testimonies of what God has been doing in people's lives over the past month. But now we are in Christmas mode. We are in the Christmas series and our series is called Behold. Behold, divine encounters this Christmas. And our prayer uh, for this series and especially next week at our Christmas celebration service is not that you come to tick a box, but you come to encounter the living God. You come to encounter uh, this Jesus that was celebrating his birth, but he just didn't—he just didn't come to be born. There's there's no cross without the birth, but their birth is pointless without the cross. We need to hold these two in conjunction. So we, I pray, as we as we uh, celebrate Jesus, we remember, like Graham uh, spoke on before, what he did for us on the cross. And next week we do have our Christmas celebration service. The team has been rehearsing. It sounds great. I'm so excited. But if you call Elevation home, if you've been here for at least one year, you'll know that our morning services, are they're busting at the seams. We've had to push back walls. We've bought more chairs. We have more chairs coming on Wednesday because I, we are growing. God is doing an amazing thing in this church. But next week at our celebration service, we believe it's going to be our biggest celebration service yet. We believe there's going to be hundreds of people here, hundreds over the whole weekend. Uh, So if you are planning to come in our 10 a.m. service, make sure you come early to get a seat, but also to get a car park because, you know, they're numbered. Um, So make sure you come early. But if you do call Elevation Home, I, I encourage you to, for one week, jump outside of your comfort zone And instead of coming to the 10 a.m. service, jump into the 5 p.m. service. Because we're all about creating environments here at Elevation, creating space for people to encounter Jesus. So we want to have as many spare chairs in our 10 a.m. service for guests to come, for new people to come and encounter the living God. So if that's you, I'd love for you to just jump out inside your comfort zone and come to the 5 p.m. service next week. It's It's identical to the morning service. There's no kids program, but there is kids activities at both services. So if you have kids, do not worry. It's exactly the same for you, but we'd love for you uh, to just jump outside your comfort zone for one week and then, you know, 17th back to normal, 10 a.m. You find your seat and that's where you sit in. But let's jump into the message. Today, we are talking about the story of Joseph. 
And he can seem a little bit insignificant in the scheme of things when compared to someone like a Mary who literally carries Jesus for nine months in her womb and then births him out in a stable. Women, you know what I'm talking about? Like, and then, you know, you've got the shepherds who encounter a multitude of angels in the heavens that they're just singing glory to God. And then the wise men, they find a star and they follow the star. They're like, this star's important. And they find the Savior. And Joseph, he's just kind of there as stepdad, right? He can seem a little bit insignificant in the scheme of things, but his story is very, very significant. And we can learn a lot from Joseph and who he was uh, in this story. But if you are unfamiliar with the story of Joseph, or if you were not listening earlier when I read it out, I'm going to give you uh, the shortened version, the Ben version of the story of Joseph. So he was betrothed to Mary, the mother of Jesus. And sometimes we, when we talk about the betrothal, we say, oh, he, they were engaged. And while that is true, it's not true in our context. So it wasn't just like, oh, he gave her a ring and if they wanted to break up, you know, just delete her number out of your phone and you're good to go, right? Like they were legally bound. They were legally bound. In the eyes of society, they were married. So the marriage ceremony went for a year. So he was betrothed. He was legally married to Mary, but they didn't live together. They didn't consummate the marriage yet because the marriage ceremony lasted a year. And then after the year, that's when they would live together. That's when they would consummate the marriage, right? So for the, in this year of betrothal, Mary comes along with a little bit of information. It's like, Joseph, I'm pregnant. And I can just imagine Joseph like, who was it? Come on, tell me who it is. Is it Paul? David? Which one is it? I'm, let me at him. And she's like, no, no, it's the Holy Spirit. And he's like, what, the Holy who? Like, is that his like boxing name or something? Like, is it some special nickname for this guy? And she's like, no, no, like Holy Spirit, like, the, like God. And he's probably like, that's a bit of a cop out because I can't really hit the Holy Spirit. I can't get angry at God. But Joseph's like, you know what? If that's your story that you're going to stick with, uh, we're, let's just, let's divorce. Because that's what it says in verse 19. He uh, calls Joseph her husband and they have to get divorced. But for Joseph, being a good and just man, he, he decides to do it quietly because he had every right to publicly shame her. She would have been seen as an adulterer, as a harlot in the eyes of society. But he's like, no, I, I don't want that for you because I do care about you, because I do actually love you. We're going to do this quietly. So the plan goes into motion to uh, divorce quietly and then... He has an encounter. He has an encounter with heaven. And the angel says, hey, Joseph, just letting you know, uh, Mary ain't lying. She telling the truth. It's pregnant. She's pregnant and it's the Holy Spirit's. And you have to marry her. I just wonder what Joseph was thinking in that moment. Confusion, bewilderment. Like, this was not the life I was expecting. This was not the life I had planned for. This was not on my vision board for five years to, to marry a woman pregnated by the Holy Spirit. Like, this is not what I wanted. And he had every right to just go, you know, I'm out. I'm out. 
But what do we see in verse 24? It says, when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. He didn't think about it. It doesn't say he woke up and mulled it over. He didn't grab his yellow legal pad out, put a pros and cons list, you know, and weigh up all his options. No, no, he woke up and he obeyed. That is the man that Joseph was. He listened to the voice of heaven. And there is no timeline of these events. We don't know how long it is from the start of the betrothal to the Mary becoming pregnant, to Joseph finding out, to him wanting a divorce, to the, the angel saying, no, no, don't get divorced, marry her. There's no timeline of this. I don't know if it's weeks, days, months, but I just wonder what Joseph was going through, what his internal dialogue was. It's like, well, if it is the Holy Spirit, there's no baby daddy going to show up, so I'll probably got to help her out. But no, it can't be the Holy Spirit. That doesn't work like that. It's some other guys and that's his responsibility. You know, I'm just going to leave it to that guy, whoever it is. Was he talking to his friends like we see in the book of Job? He's like, oh, guys, yeah, I think I'm going to have to call this thing off with Mary. Uh, she's pregnant. Um, she's saying it's Holy Spirit's. I think it's David's, but I don't know what to do. Was he talking to his friends, asking them his advice? He, that he was probably thinking above all, this was not my plan. This was not the reality that I expected. This was not the future that I had planned for. But one encounter, one encounter with heaven changed his mind. One encounter gave him clarity about what he was called to do. So like Joseph, what do we do when we are faced with a future we were not expecting? What do we do when we are faced with a reality of a future that we did not anticipate? For me and my wife, most of you probably know us only as pastors, uh, but before we were pastors, uh, we were actually uh, musicians in a band. Uh, we were touring around Australia. Uh, most months we were either in another city, another state. Uh, we had, uh, we'd been doing this thing for a few years. We had released a few albums, a few uh, singles. We were being played on Triple J, being played on Triple M, radio around, the world, uh, around Australia, playing to sold out venues. And like, it was, it was fun, right? It was a good time. This was what I wanted. I was like, I remember when I was like 10 years old and seeing a video of uh, this guitarist and I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to be a rock star. That's my goal. That's my dream, right? So I went after it hard. We both went after it. We had formed a band and we're doing this thing a uh, week in, week out. And then I remember in 2018, uh, it was towards the start of the year, my wife came to me and she's like, I feel like God is telling us to stop the band, to lay the band down. And I don't remember exactly what I said, but I remember thinking, I don't know what God you're talking to, but my God wants me to be a rock star. So I'm going to go with that. Um, 
And then so uh, she, she wrestled with that for a few months. And then over uh, the start of 2018, we had two prophetic words given to us from two of our friends that don't know each other. And I'm pretty sure we'll never meet each other. And they were identical that we were at a fork in the road. Uh, and then we had a decision to make. And we didn't know what this fork meant. We thought it was a band A or band B. Uh, but you guys get to see in hindsight, it was the band or ministry. Um, and just letting you know, we chose the latter. Um, but uh, we, were, we were at a fork in the road and we had a decision to make, but God hadn't spoken to me yet. God had spoken to Anna. God had spoken to uh, one of our pastors. God had spoken to one of my friends, but not to me. And then I remember it so clearly. Uh, it was Wednesday morning. I was driving to work and I was worshiping God. And then it hit me. And God said, it's time. It's time to stop the band it's time to take a step into your next season. And I, I, in that moment, I was grieving. I was conf- confused. I was wondering, what was all of this for? For the last eight years, I've been going after this one thing and now you're telling me to stop. What is going on? This was not the future I had planned for. We were about to go full-time into the music thing. We were uh, looking at moving to America uh, to do this thing well because the music scene in Australia is not the best. Uh, But we were looking to do this thing correctly. And God had told us to stop. We were looking down uh, a future that we did not expect. So what can we learn from Joseph's story? What can we learn when we are facing a future or reality that we are not expecting? Number one, Joseph had to let go of control. He had to let go of control. There was nothing about this story or about this situation that he had control over. He didn't have control over making the baby. He didn't have control over naming the baby, right? And that was uh, very important for, for fathers to be able to name their child, especially their firstborn child. But God was like, nope, taking that away as well. You're naming Jesus. He had no control. Joseph had to learn or had to come to terms with the fact that he had no control over what was happening. And if we uh, can learn anything over the past few years is truly how much control we actually have over our life. doesn't matter how, men are, how wise we are, how strong we are, how independent we think we are. One little bug can stop a world, can stop the world in their tracks. And in, in James, James 4 It says, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we'll go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or do that. Our lives are not our own. We are, we are not in control. We are not fully in control of our lives. Only God is. Only God is sovereign over everything. Only God is completely in control. And you can be scared by that, but that gives me peace. Because when I'm facing things that I know I can't control, I know a creator that is in control. So it might scare you to be like, I've got no control, but it gives me peace, reassurance that I, I have access to and I can speak to the God who has 
control. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't make plans, right? Joseph, he made a plan. When he, when he found out that Mary was pregnant, he had a decision to make and he made a plan. But when God spoke, he was able to pivot. When God spoke, he allowed God to move in his life to shift the direction of his future. In Luke, in Luke 9, Jesus says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. A life following Jesus, you can't compartmentalize. You can't say, you know what, God, you can have these parts of my life, but this part over here, I'm just going to kind of like keep for myself. You can't touch this part. Life with Jesus is not a negotiation. It's full surrender. Full surrender to, to God. You can't just take bits and pieces of your life. You have to give Him it all. What parts of your life do you need to relinquish control of? What parts of your life are you got your grips around that you want control of, but you need to give to God? You need to allow God to move in. You need to allow yourself to trust God, to, to believe He is who He says He is, that He is provider, that He does care. Despite what the world may say, despite what society may think, He cares and He loves us and He, will, and he wants the best for us. That is who our God is. So we need to learn to let go of control, just like Joseph did. But Joseph, he also had to say yes. He had to say yes. Now, when the angel came and told him what to do, he could have said no. He's like, no, nah, I'm out, checked out. But no, he decided to say yes. So he had to make a decision to say yes. And when we are following God's call, I'm not saying we live idly waiting for Him to move us. It's easier to direct a moving boulder than start one moving, right? We need to be making plans. We need to be focusing on the future. We need to be doing what God has called us to do, but then allowing God to move us when He speaks, right? See, what I love about Joseph's yes is that a prophecy rested on his yes. A prophecy about who Jesus was rested upon his yes. And we see this in uh, 2 Samuel, we see this in Isaiah, and we also see this in Jeremiah. It says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I'll raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. See, one of the, the, the prophecies about who Jesus was, was that he was going to be a son of David. He was going to come down through the lineage of David. But the thing is, Mary was not in the lineage of David. Joseph was. If Mary was doing this by herself, he wouldn't have come down through the lineage of David. Joseph's yes fulfilled a prophecy about who Jesus was. Joseph, Joseph's yes fulfilled the prophecy that Jesus is the Messiah, the one that the Israelites have been waiting for, the one that the Jews have been waiting for, the one 
that we were waiting for. His yes fulfilled prophecy. His yes participated in changing the world. His yes participated in changing the world forever that we have access to our Saviour. But what did Joseph actually say yes to? Because we can sometimes view the call of God or these yeses that God is calling us in in big terms, in, in big picture things. Right? Like, God, call me to be an influencer on Instagram. That's what I want to do. I want to do big things. I want to be known. But we forget the part about we want you to be known. We, 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 we look to the big pictures, the big things. But Joseph, his yes wasn't to freeing the Israelites from Egypt. His yes wasn't to killing a giant that was mocking his nation. His yes wasn't to uh, facing 300 prophets of Baal and calling down the fire of heaven. His yes was to raising a son. His yes was to raising Jesus, no matter how many times he left him at the temple. His yes was to teaching him his ways that he would be known as a carpenter and a son of a carpenter. His yes was to potential public humiliation. His yes was to living a life he did not expect. His yes was running for his life when Herod was trying to kill Jesus. His yes was day in and day out. So what's your yes? What's the yes that God has been calling you to? That you might have been running from it from days, weeks, years maybe, Are you willing to relinquish control? Are you willing to say yes? Are you willing to lay down your life for the sake of the kingdom? Are you willing to be potentially seen as silly when you believe certain things or you do certain things? Are you willing to listen to the voice of God even when it doesn't line up with your plan? But what we see with Joseph It wasn't his own will. It wasn't his own strength that caused him to uh, relinquish control, that caused him to say yes. It was a divine encounter. It was an encounter with heaven that pushed Joseph over the line, that allowed him to say yes, that allowed him to relinquish control. So he was a good man. He was an upright man. But he was far more concerned with the things of God than his own desires. He was far more concerned with the things of heaven than his own comfort. He was far more concerned with what God wanted than what was going on around him, than the gossip about Mary that might have been spreading after he had taken a pregnant wife. And I just imagine what what that could have looked like for him. Going down to the local well, ah, there's that Joseph you know, who he had to marry. Or when Mary was walking around, oh, you know what she did? She slept with that guy, but then claimed it was the Holy Spirit. There must have been gossip flying all around Nazareth. But Joseph did not care because he heard God and he trusted God and he followed God. That's who Joseph was. We need a divine encounter. We need to seek God to know what our next is. Because God's plans are always about Him. 
Now, when we step into the will of God, when we step into the plans of God, we may reap benefits, but our benefits are not the end goal. His kingdom is the end goal. His glory is the end goal. His uh, people's salvation is the end goal. God's plans are always, always about God. But with Joseph, it wasn't just one encounter. He is the only person in this story that had multiple encounters with heaven. Mary, one. The shepherds, one. The wise men, zero. Joseph, three. Because he continually looked to God. It wasn't his own strength that got him through. It was God's strength. It was God's strength that allowed him to live the life that God had called him to live. And that is what God is calling us to do. When we are faced with a future that we are not expecting, God is saying, look to Him. In 1 Peter, it says, cast all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Cast all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. It doesn't matter what your future may look like. It doesn't matter what your current situation may look like. If you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling fearful, if you're feeling uneasy, God is saying, that's my responsibility, not yours. That's, that's on me. If God is calling you into something, that's Him. That's on Him because He will carry you. He is faithful. As Graham was saying, great is thy faithfulness. God is faithful. And He will carry us to the end. What He has started, He will finish. That is who our God is. And in Psalm 28, it says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. In Him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exalts and with my song I give thanks to Him. The Lord is the strength of His people. He is the saving refuge of His anointed. I love that word refuge because we can know God as our strength, like He fills us. We can know Him as our shield. We hide behind Him. But the word refuge, I love it because it's talking about a place that we get to go. When we are fearful, God is saying, come to me. When we need protection, He's saying, come to me. When we need rest, He's saying, come to me. I am your refuge. I am the place you can go and I will give you rest. I'll give you protection. I will give you everything you need because it's not you. I am the lamp unto the feet. I will direct your steps. When we don't know what to do, Jesus is saying, come to me. Encounter me. Encounter the living, breathing God. And in this story, we find out exactly who Jesus is. He was born of a virgin and He came from the line of David. Jesus was not just a good man. He was not just a revolutionary that saved Israel. He is God and He is the Messiah. And that Messiah, that God is calling you into His presence right now. So in a moment, we're gonna sing. We're gonna sing and we're gonna worship our God. We're gonna Praise our God. And I pray that you encounter Him in this moment. So if we could all stand, we're going to sing. 
uh, we're going to sing praise to our God. And we do have a prayer team. Uh, if you need prayer for something, they're going to be out the front. But you know what? You don't need somebody else to have an encounter with Jesus. You just need to be open. You just need to be available like Joseph was and said, and when he woke up, he said yes. So we're going to sing this song and let's encounter the living God right now. Thanks, team.